Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Jeremy Scott Fitness Podcast Radio Show. Coming to you on this Sunday, February the 19th, 2023. Hopefully it finds you staying safe and staying sweaty all at the same time. On today's episode, we are talking about how to build wealth as a couple and all the things that go into that, what we have lived through ourselves in the past decade plus, and hopefully some tips to help you guys if you're in a weird spot or you're looking to kind of level up from where you're currently at, or if you're already crushing, maybe just reaffirm some of the things you're doing or beg, borrow, and steal from some of the stuff that we do here in-house. But before I jump in, just a couple of housekeeping things. One, we are kicking off a new program here inside the app, and this bad boy starts on March the 6th. This is our 40 days of fitness. Uh, I believe I'm going to put the link in the show notes. JeremyScottFitness.app slash 40 days of fitness is the website. If you're an app member, this is going to be 100% free for you guys. If you're not inside there and you guys want to try it, you get a week for free uh, when it kicks off. And if you want to stay, it's just going to be a couple of pennies. We are doing another huge grand prize for that. I believe that program itself, we're going to fly you guys to sunny Orlando, Florida, give you a free week stay in a vacation home, a bunch of our swag and a bunch of other cool stuff from our sponsors. But <clears throat> excuse me, I did a terrible Metcon today, and this is going to be a reoccurring theme here today. Um, but this program is the first time we've run it in the app. We ran it once last year outside of it. It is advanced. It is not for everybody. Um, it's scalable for sure, but it definitely is going to challenge you. It's 40 days of fitness. You'll be doing something every single day for 40 days. That doesn't mean you'll be doing like these just break net Metcons all the time, but there is some activity every single day. So if you guys want to check it out, at people, it's going to be free. I urge you to get some friends to come in there. If one of you wins a grand prize, you can take somebody with you. We'll do weekly prizes as well, like we've been doing in all of our transformations. Uh, but that's inside the app, jeremyscottfitness.app slash 40 days of fitness. Or again, inside the app, all my personal weekly workouts are in there, full programs and everything else. And so what we charge for it, I don't think there's a better buy out there. Literally, it's a couple pennies a day. And you can talk to us. We work with you. Um, I share pretty much everything. Essentially, it's my life's work uh, in a digital format for you guys. So check it out if that sounds like your cup of tea. Also, you know, this episode is brought to you by my homies at Athletic Greens. The one thing I take every single day and I never miss. If you're somebody who doesn't eat enough fruits and vegetables, and admittedly that is myself at times, this is the one thing I would throw into your life. It's the best tasting greens on the planet, in my opinion. I never make an excuse not to take it. That's probably why I've been so successful doing it for probably on year five or six of taking Athletic Greens damn near every single day. And I don't think I've missed a day in about four years. If you've heard me talk about it before, maybe you heard somebody else talk about it, I'm happy to send you a free sample. 100% for free. You can try it. If you like it, you get hooked up with a year supply of free vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first order. Again, don't feel weird. Reach out. We are happy to send them to you. If you're a fitness person and you have some clients who want to try it, I'm happy to send them to them as well. Again, you're talking something that has probiotics in it, which is great for gut health, for your immune system, digestive enzymes, and again, the antioxidant equivalent to like 10 to 12 servings of fruits and veggies. There's really no need to take 14 different pills. We can just put this in water, slam it, and you're good to go. So if you want a free sample, hit me up. Otherwise, athleticgreens.com slash Jeremy Scott gets you all the free stuff today if you don't want to wait for me to get a sample in your hands. 
I really don't want to do all the other sponsors um, today on the podcast, but our friends at Dry Farms Wine, again, if you guys like wine, it's organic. Heather loves it. It's good for you in terms of if there is a good way to drink alcohol, which there really isn't, but this is probably the best way to do it. Dryfarmwines.com slash Jeremy Scott Fitness. If you buy a bottle, you get the next bottle for a penny. Tough to beat. If you're a wine drinker, you might as well drink the best stuff out there, and that is the best that we have found. Also, our friends at Beam TLC. Beam CBD is what we take, the dream product, to go to sleep almost every single night. We have a ton of free samples of that, too. Uh, I can actually get you guys a week's free supply. So if you struggle sleeping, uh, you toss and turn, you can't get to sleep, or when you do get to sleep, you wake up quite a bit. This will help you guys not only get to sleep, but more importantly, stay asleep to improve the latency of that. I'm happy to send you a free sample of the Beam product. We have the chocolate cinnamon in-house, but if you want to check it out today, you can always put in the code Jeremy Scott at beamtlc.com to get all of the discounts. Everything else is in the show notes because I'm just, I'm not feeling it uh, today. So I'm going to cut that short. So we are here on a Sunday, dedicated, Heather and I. That's right. <laughs> welcome welcome back. Thanks. It's been a while. Yes, it has. But I've been sticking with my goal of coming on once a month so far. I know we're all, only in February, but here we are. I already have the one planned out for March. Oh, respect. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're here. Um, we're going to go through the how to build wealth as a couple stuff. Just really fast. Uh, I never... Like, I never get sick. Like, really never. And this week, I've been doing this on my own for 13 years. And Tuesday was the first day where I just I just couldn't even show up. I just had to call somebody and be like, hey, you guys just got to cover my shit. Um, I was actually here on Monday. And I'm sharing this just because I'm like, these are life stories. When people are like, because I was talking about this the other day. On Saturday, um, to some of our athletes here, Jay and Garrett's here, and he's like, "What? You got sick?" I'm like, "We, well, yeah, dude. I'm not a fucking robot. <laughs> like, I do got to plug the batteries in." And uh, I was here. I just I felt tired as shit, like all last weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Admittedly, probably doing too much. Um, full disclaimer. And uh, I remember waking up on Monday, just being tired as hell. And Monday for me is probably like the most taxing day with humans, because <clears throat> I have the most hours. Um, I probably put in and mentally I'm already like, God, oh, it's going to be a long day, but I'm like, I'll be fine. I wake up, I'm tired as hell. The groups are going on 5am, 6am and I'm just, the, the 6am people leave and I'm just like exhausted to the point where I can't even understand what is going on. And then I noticed at like eight o'clock, I'm trying to intro the group. Like we're talking through the movement patterns and, and the time format of the workouts. And in my head, I'm like, am I going to throw up right now? Like I was getting that nauseous and I'm like, this is not, not good. And basically from Monday at about eight o'clock in the morning on, I just went downhill. Yeah. Fast. It takes a lot for you to not, to not work. <laughs> so I knew something was bad when you were literally in bed, came home and you did not get out of bed like all day long on I, Valentine's Day. I, on Monday I ate nothing. Yeah, I guess it was like two days that like you... Monday, look, when I'm like, I didn't eat anything. I drank some water and some Gatorade, but I would feel nauseous every mm-hmm. time. And I couldn't even lay because it's so... You would just feel like sick if I would lay. And then Tuesday is really similar. And because 
I'm laying in these positions, I can feel like I can't be comfortable. You know, like when you think about like, oh, I'm just going to stay home sick and like watch movies. Like it sounds fun in your head. But when, when you're there, you're sick. Mm-hmm. It's all you focus on. It fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't just lay right. And I just felt like my my back was like just kind of tight, like my QL, which if you guys understand what that is, it's like if you look in like the backside of your body between basically like your pelvis and your, your rib cage, kind of like the, the, the mid, like part of that low back before your butt essentially attaches. And it just felt like tight and I couldn't get comfortable. Long story short, I make my way in here on... Wednesday mm-hmm. and I'm working here Wednesday and I'm tired and I'm doing whatever. And this is no joke. <clears throat> Literally I'm sitting here in the same seat I'm sitting in now and I'm trying to fit, we got this new iPad cause I cracked the old one like an idiot and I'm trying to put our Spotify on there and literally like I get this back spasm in my lower back and I'm not exaggerating. Like the fucking Holy spirit comes into my body and just I had to stand up immediately because in my brain, I'm like, if you don't stand up, bro, you might never get up. And Monica sitting across from me, I didn't say anything because I don't want to, you know, look soft here um, at work. Of course. Yeah. I'm a, well, I'm a man. Obviously, this is our <clears throat> huge, huge fault of us. Except you're like a baby at home when you're sick. And well, I'm yeah, like this is that's, see, that's, that's public versus <laughs> private. It's different. I'm a motherfucking badass. And but literally just I don't know, man. Like, in my back seized up. It's so weird. Like, the tightest it's ever been. And that was Wednesday. And, like, when I say, like, a back spasm, I've never had one before. Like, at that scale, like, I've had different little injuries and different things. From literally from doing nothing. Honestly, probably from laying in this, you know, kind of, uh, I guess, anterior, like, like rotated position for two days then then sitting in a chair doing my office work in the morning then sitting in the chair again so as gets tight <laughs> hamstrings get tight qls are completely fucking tight and then i'm kind of hunched over and then you know something just shot through my body and i've been tight like ever since it is finally today getting a little bit better and when i say to you i spent on friday here five hours doing mobility Oh, I am not exaggerating. And, yeah. And at home, he's been doing it like crazy. Yeah. But yeah, you're just falling apart. It's part of getting old and you're about to be 40 later this year. Well, I, I share this for, for two two reasons. One, I'm a human, like all of you guys. And the f- sad thing is the, the biggest debilitating thing I've had, knock on wood, is from laying in bed and sitting in a fucking chair. Not, because, not from deadlifting, mm-hmm. not from overhead pressing, just stuff got so tight and it's like perfect storm of your body. And the two things I'm driving at is one, I remember BJ Gador telling me a similar story that he was doing like something in the pool. I forget that one, but then like kettlebell swings, like a 15 pound kettlebell, which for BJ is nothing. (laughs) And basically he's like, yeah, my, 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 basically my QL goes out, which is these are the, the muscles that run along your spine. And he's like, I'm, I'm in tears on the ground, but I still have to film two videos to get them out. And then he says, you know, I'm obviously over 40 now. He's like, just wait, you know, you'll get there to me. (laughs) And I'm listening in my head and I'm not saying I don't value his opinion because I do and I would not be here without him. But he sometimes says these things and I look at him. I'm like, he's fucking crazy. And yet 
he's right again. And it is like, maybe it's because he says these things that are like negative and they're not going to benefit me at all. And he says them and I don't want to believe them. And yet then they fucking happen. So here I'm with that. That's my first point. And the second one, because I'm trying to figure out like why this happened in the first place, I don't just want to, I just don't want to, to make, I do want the pain to go away. Obviously I don't just want it to go away instantly though. Like I don't want to take drugs. I don't want to do injections. None of those things. I want to know why it's happening. And as I'm going through this, and, and this is a true story for anybody listening, a lot of the stuff I've learned in fitness and in mobility and health, it's because of things I've done wrong or like little injuries I've had or things I've had to overcome. That's why I became this person, I guess, in fitness. So it's like I've had tennis elbow before. I've sprained ankles before. I've pinched nerves before. I've, I've popped ribs up before. There's such a huge learning process of this. And I've learned so much in the last three days that take my knowledge of mobility and tissue work and probably almost doubled it just in that small amount of time because I'm trying to figure out, okay, why would this happen? Is it, and for people who understand fitness in the body, like, well, okay, it's, it's the, it's literally before, you know, the glutes attach. So is it my, you know, TFL? Is it my, you know, glute medius? Is it my piriformis? Is it my QLs? Well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's actually my psoas. Or is it because my quads are so tight, it's pulling down together? And it's like, and it's and it's tilting my pelvis forward in a way where it's like pinching, you know, on the spine, which is causing this referred pain. And I'm going down all these rabbit holes and learning all these things, which it's great for one. It's also super annoying and exhausting because you're spending five hours trying to fix yourself. But as I'm going through stuff and, and I'm testing and seeing, okay, does this make it feel better? Does this make it feel worse? Is it tighter today? Is it worse? I'm learning a ton um, that obviously, you know, obviously the body is all connected, but most people, and this is my belief, there's going to be obviously the outliers. If you have some structural issues and some genetic things that, you know, can't be fixed, but for the most part, people, <clears throat> excuse me, you can probably fix 95% of the problems in your body yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really, really believe that. I think people will become super tight, become super bound up. They'll have poor tissue quality. Then they'll have poor mechanics. They'll never stretch. They'll never open up. They'll never move dynamically. They'll never work on it. And then they'll do the same repetitive, awful patterns. Like a lot of times we do in our normal life, we get in these, these negative loop cycles. And then you find yourself with, oh, my knees are bad. Mm-hmm. Well, why? Well, I ran for, I ran for 10 years and my knees are bad. I'm like, did you ever do mobility? Well, no, I never did. Mm-hmm. Did you ever get a massage? Did you ever, that's what I'm getting at is if you guys are, are feeling something right now, I'm not saying you don't need surgery. I'm not your doctor. I'm not your ortho. I don't, you go figure that shit out. I go, but before I would do something so drastic as that, exhaust every other avenue and work on yourself and think like if you have pain, it's probably above or below the joint or around it, or there's probably something you're doing that's telling your brain, okay, this is painful. We need to fix this. Cause that's really what it is. It's like your brain is saying, this is wrong. We need to get rid of this and we need to change something. Otherwise this pain is going to continue. That and- makes sense. And I mean, you have everything right at your fingertips these days with the internet and all the how-to videos and the experts online that you can literally 
do trial and error before having to actually go make an appointment with someone in person. Oh, yeah. And I would say, you guys, you should be doing normal, like regular maintenance on your body anyway, in terms of, and not just the same mobility. And if I'm being transparent, there's probably some things that I was ignoring or not giving as much attention to just because I would try to be, you know, I'm a dude. So we just, you know, grit our teeth and just bury bad feelings and just kind of move forward, which if it's your body, you can't do that. You got to listen to it. And if someone feels off and wrong, and I'm not saying don't push yourself and that's not what this is, but I'm not the time to work on it. Yeah. And and really do that. Otherwise it's going to cause a bigger problem down the road. And sometimes freak things obviously just happen, but you have to be smart about it and just listen to your body and, you know, make an appointment. Like if it, if you can afford a massage therapist or if you can afford somebody to go in and do tissue work on you. Um, I've been terrible at not doing that because I get so quote unquote busy. And now every single week, I'm just going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. It's, there's no project I have to do. There's no workout I have to squeeze in. There's no money I have to get. Like in the, I share that because it's, you know, I'm a fitness person and I'm saying it and every time I don't feel good, like I get a sinus infection or I have like just full transparency, like that Monday I didn't eat. I probably had diarrhea seven fucking times. Like I lost at least 10 pounds. I woke up shredded. I looked fucking great. Um, but I felt and like today was the first day you worked out, right? Yesterday I did. I just hope I don't get it. I feel like I'm kind of getting it. <laughs> well, you stayed up too late last night. I know. You stayed up way too late. Yeah. And there's that. <laughs> um, I think it'd be fine. <clears throat> yeah, basically, I um, I went through like light stuff yesterday for the first time, but just like push-ups, pull-ups, really basic. And even now, like when I cough like that, I can feel it um, in the low back kind of light up, which is super annoying. But the point is, you guys just, just make time for it because like anytime I'm sick or anytime I f- have things like little nagging injuries... All I wish for is just to feel normal. I want to go back to feeling normal. I pray for just to just be healthy and just be to have that be my baseline because it doesn't matter, you know, what you look like, what kind of car you drive, what house you live in, how much fucking money. None of those things matter if you don't feel good. Literally nothing matters. You don't care about emails. You don't care about putting videos out. At least I don't. I don't give a shit about even replying back to like normal people. I'm like... I had, was 22 text messages behind like the other day, just cause I'm like, I don't feel good. And I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about what you're saying. Like it doesn't matter. So I'm always chasing just health, health and, and is feeling. Wealth. It, it really, I mean, perfect for the podcast today. It really is. So, cause um, without it, you can't enjoy the rest of it. No, without it, what does your money even matter? Yeah. Um, so yeah, 20 minutes in, uh, <laughs> I just, I glad you're on the mend. Yeah, I mean, it's still super tight and stiff, but man, it's just, I had a, and again, what I would say, last thing, don't just lay and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You got to move. Like, you really do. Um, I'm not saying you got to go crush, but you got to move your body through space. I just think sometimes people think, oh, I'm just going to rest and just lay here. And again, I'm not your doctor. You don't take advice from me, but almost always that's not the correct thing to do. Um, so take that for this. I'm sorry I'm coughing today. We did this terrible. Bro, is this your first podcast? <laughs> Let me mute. Um, we did this terrible Metcon today. It was a team one, and it was uh, teams of four. 
we would switch every two minutes. We'd go through rotation. Um, we would go to, from the erg bike to the assault bike. Then you would have to lunge it about a hundred yards, run around the building, do 20 pushups, and you would just keep repeating. The caveat is it's a race though. So we did a half of a marathon on the erg bike and 500 calories on the assault bike. And when both bikes are done, that's your total team time. And the finish times were around like 43 minutes. And man, I was, <clears throat> I was trying today for sure. And now I'm paying for it. So I, if I cough a bunch of times, my apologies, everybody. <laughs> so we are talking about how to build wealth as a couple playing off of an article that Heather is a book or it's an article. It's an article I found on Business Insider, but then the author of the article, David Bach, he's a self-made millionaire financial advisor, and he is an author of his book called Smart Couples Finish Rich. So we just thought this would be helpful. We haven't done a finance couples episode in a really long time, and it's actually about to be three years since we paid off our house, which is kind of crazy. And the reason why um, this is, I was, I never listened to any of our episodes. <laughs> and a couple weeks ago, I finally listened to that episode for the first time in preparation for this podcast today. And which it was helpful. And it is crazy to hear yourself on a podcast. I don't like listening to myself, but it was helpful to just kind of remind me of that huge goal that we had financially together and that journey and just kind of the, all the details of that story. So if you want to listen to that episode, um, I think it could be helpful for some of you that have various financial goals, especially if it's paying off your house. Um, that one's, I don't even know the episode number. It's like three years old. So uh, if you guys look at it, it would be... What is it called? We paid off our house. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's still the number two most listened to episode that we've ever done. BJ if you just Google search it, it it'll will pop up. up. Yeah. And if you're looking timeline, it was February 26, 2020. Because mm -hmm. I have a sign um, on the wall here in my office that I can see when I stare up at it as just a reminder of when I feel like an idiot. I'm like, hey, well, at least you did something somewhat smart for you. Um, again, we'll talk about that too. Like if paying off your house is a good idea for you, if it's not a good idea for you based on your personality type and who you are and, and all those things. And again, these are just our opinions of things that we've done that are helpful for us that took us from being to what I would say probably idiots um, <laughs> to people. I don't say like, Here's the, I guess I'll put it this way. Like, I don't know, like, how you judge it. Like, I never had any money to spend, so I really couldn't do any dumb things. You know, and most people, and, and people will say, well, Jeremy, that's everybody. The difference was, like, I just grew up in this household where my old man would be like, if you don't have money, bro, you can't buy it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just a really basic, you know, before the world of credit and shit. And even for that, he's like, if you have a credit card, if you want to use it, cool to build because my dad would always be like, you know, if you use a credit card, it's going to like help you build credit. So when you put gas in your car, gas, well, what we consider like a fixed expense, mm -hmm. you need to do it. So if you put on a credit card, fine, but just pay it off every month. Don't right. pay interest on it. And that's, I literally, my dad told me that when I was probably like 15 years old, whenever I got the first 16 years old, when I got my first like credit card, he's like, and back then gas was like literally, I'm not shitting you, a dollar. I know. 
a buck. It was crazy to ask for gas money and it would be like ten, five dollars. I put ten dollars in my car. It was amazing. Um, for anybody, those were the days. I know. So um, we would do that, and that's like kind of my mentality. So that's probably why I never got into trouble with it. But I definitely didn't know anything about money, like how to acquire it or same here. <laughs> nothing to zero. When we first met, yeah, we both kind of were clueless. So. Um, I thought that this would be helpful just to discuss if you're in a relationship, even if you're not individually, I think there's obviously these 10 basic steps to follow are going to benefit you regardless if you're an individual or in a relationship. So, so the first one is basically just communicate. Yeah. Communicate, talk about money with your partner. Um, and also I put learn a lot of it, we had to learn on our own together. We learned, but also taking it upon yourself to whether it's attend financial conferences, read books, listen to podcasts, read articles, meet with financial experts. Uh, we've had mentors that we have met through the gym, like our, our members here that have helped us and kind of guide us, um, throughout really the past 15 years of being together. Uh, so you just, you have to communicate and you have to want to be on the same page with your partner. Otherwise it's just, it's never going to work out. Yeah. I mean, I will say like probably the cheat code, uh, for us is just being surrounded by so many people who were older than us and had done things wrong. Mm-hmm. and who have done things right and they're willing to be transparent and like share their mistakes and say hey here's what we did here's what worked for us and i'm not saying like i wouldn't take everybody's advice like some people are doing things that aren't going to fit my personality type but some people would and so we would just kind of beg borrow and steal but for me and this is just again i'm not telling you how to be married you do you you have to t- communicate man like about everything mm-hmm that's the one thing I like literally if there's anything that would irritate me that you would do, it would be like you not communicating stuff right. and vice versa because how can I help you and how can you help me if we don't talk about it? And what's the number one what's the number one reason people get divorced for? Yeah, it's finances arguing about money and and I think, you know, if you are newly in a relationship or you're younger, we definitely started early and I think and that this article does mention like start early if you can, but also if you have been together forever and you haven't really made finances a priority as a couple, then you can start today. You don't have to do it right when you get in a relationship. Um, There's obviously benefits to starting early, like that has helped us get to where we are today. Um, But you can start just by understanding the financial background of your partner, finding out how your partner feels about money is really important and what they consider it to be its purpose in their life. And then it will allow you to just understand each other and how you can make financial decisions moving forward. Well, and just be honest too. Like a lot of to be honest, a lot of people will bullshit. And they'll say, well, you know, money is not important to me and I don't care about, I'm again, I'm not judging, but people will say, I don't care about stuff and money's not important to me. Yet every single action that they do paints a different picture around it. And so, and again, I'm I'm not naive enough to believe like, well, you don't really need money. No, you fucking need money, dude. Mm -hmm. We live in an economical world. If you want to do cool shit, you need to have money to pay for it. And 
I, if I was only driven by it, I could make way more and leverage way more and do way more. I do what works for me. It is important in my life, but it is not the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm happy, you know, that I have it. Am I happier than when I was broke? No, I can just do, you know, cooler shit and solve more problems. Not be as stressed. Yeah. It's 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 really our shared goal. That was, I would say the main driver in all of it. Yeah. And if it's early on, again, when you're younger, it's going to be different than when you're older. At least I would hope so. Um, and I say this to young people just because I had, we had two young, Jacob and Tim Ford, these two dudes. Jacob used to work for us forever. We had dinner with him last night. It's a great kid. It's crushing it. Um, and Tim Ford comes here. Tim crushes it too. But they're young dudes. And we're just sitting talking like about just women and dating and dudes. and Today? Yeah, just before I left. Um, it, it's all the same shit. They're just younger than me. And, uh, you're just, you're, you're listening and you're hearing. And sometimes there's just like this disconnect, um, fr- from people, from, from women and men. And, and when you're dating and you're getting together, if you're not similar in some ways, it's going to be a major problem. It'll be a struggle. <laughs> like if you're with somebody who wants to, maybe save more and invest more and buy assets and kind of make life easier financially down the line. And you're married with somebody who, and, and this is not a knock, wants to just drive a G-Wagon and, and have a Louis bags. And, and have like, everything instant, like yep. right away, not, not patient at all. And eat, you know. Like, I don't know how you would make that work. You don't. I mean, you're going to have, there's a conflict of interest there. And I'm not telling you how to pick up like your, your boyfriend or girlfriend, but if I was to do it over again and I was like younger and had money, because when I was younger, I was broke as shit. So I didn't have to fake it because I was just. And was, I was broke. So, so it, it worked, worked out. out perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> but now I would say, hey, you know, you don't want somebody to be with you just for those things if they expect that to be the lifestyle you're going to deliver forever. I just feel like that it, it, you get into a lot of that. So <laughs> what I'm saying is maybe when we're younger, Heather might have wanted, you know, a bigger, fancier house, younger, where I did, I, first of all, I don't give a shit, but I knew it would, it would have been a bad choice for us then just because I got to talk to all these guys here before she ever met any of these people here. Mm-hmm. So I heard like the horror stories of like, Hey, we did this. I wish we'd done this different or Hey, you have a lot of time. Cause a lot of people who are listening, if you're 27, 28, 29, 30, you think you're old. Yeah. You're not fucking old, dude. Oh my gosh. Like in, in, and I joke here like, Oh, I'm old in fitness. Yeah. In fitness I am for sure. <laughs> but in life, no dude, God willing, I'm probably gonna be here another 50 fucking years. Mm-hmm. So when you guys are talking like, um, you know, we got to get our forever home and you're 26. You think you're going to live in that shit till you're 86? Yeah. Are you crazy? And be excited and, about it. And you still. think you think that place is going to look cool in 50 years? It's going to suck. You probably have to do some major renovations. Like multiple times. Yeah. So it's just... Keep up with the trends. You have to just... We'll you, talk about this in the, the specific goals, but you have to have some kind of shared like yes. thesis together you and... Have, Go ahead. Well, you should, you just have to, you can't assume that you're both on the same page about money. That's why you have to talk about it in, in a lot of detail and get to kind of the root and the reasons and how you feel about money and, and what your goals and dreams are together, which we'll touch on. But um, you have to ask all those questions to each other and to yourself 
to be able to to sit down and create a plan together moving forward. And you're not going to be both equal. There's one of you's a saver, one of you's a spender. And one of them, you know, someone's going to have to take more responsibility like Jeremy does on paying the bills. Um, and you, sh- I know we got this question when I did the Q&A on Instagram about having a joint account. And most, I would say, financial experts always say you should have all of your money together. And we have, I mean, full transparency. We can see, I can access everything and you can access, we see it all combined together. Yeah, like we have multiple like accounts in different buckets that we look at everything. And like, obviously we share a financial advisor, we share a CPA. She has stuff obviously through her corporate job and my business has different assets, but it's all there and we can all see the buckets. And that's where... It's never a, hey, you know, are you going to do this? Or like, we are going to do whatever because the money is there. Whether who makes more of it or less of it, at the end of the day, that's a, you know, discussion you guys have together. But it's really irrelevant because it's all of your it's same. our our money. Yeah. Our money combined. So, and I think you just have to, you have to know that and say, hey, you know, what are we, you know, not just like what is the goal, but what is your personality type with it and like, what is it going to do for you? Like, and what does it, you know, mean to you and understand like where you're at on the, on the scale and on the journey. And I'm not saying compare, but what people do is like, well, you know, you never spend any money because all of our friends do this. You can never say that to your partner. You sound like an idiot and no offense. Your friends are fucking broke too. Like your friends are faking it. Your friends are full of shit. Yeah. And I was guilty of that in my immature twenties of saying, stupid shit like that to you and really? I'll take full, really? full I will, I'll be honest yeah well but now <clears throat> that I'm late 30s I'm like thank goodness like I am so glad that we were patient and have done it this way I'm getting a little impatient with certain things right now but, but that's just the world yes you can't control <laughs> I mean, you can't control and anybody but like, I'm so glad we didn't rush into anything huge financial decisions like upgrading our home years ago or buying flashy cars or um you know having the nicest of the nicest materialistic things all the time it's just when you can afford it if you want to do it do it but if it's going to buy you out of other opportunities in the future that is where it becomes a problem so if you're like well jeremy i make 400k a year i want to buy a mercedes fucking buy one dude Mm -hmm. compared to what you make like it doesn't matter now, if you're making 88000 bucks a year and you want to go buy a Mercedes, I think it's probably a stupid fucking choice. That's just my opinion, and you're listening to my podcast, so here you are. Well, Dave Ramsey says you should have a million-dollar net worth in order to buy a brand-new car. Like, there's, again, that's a pretty, it's probably a pretty good, mm-hmm. like, metric to follow. Like, where it, it, it's not going to affect you either way because it's not, again, a, a new car's relative. It's like a new Ferrari, it's a new I Chevy. Know. So, like, my point is, is that... You have to understand where you're at, obviously, on the journey. And the reason we're, we're talking about this, because in terms of communication, I just, I know Heather and I like, I live with her and I've lived you with do? her for, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> and 
because I got to do this and, and like, I'm not smart. You guys, I just got to talk to really smart people at a young age for a long period of time and have these deep, intimate conversations with these guys who have crushed in and terms women. of making money and women for sure. And I learned a bunch of things and mm-hmm. I would hear the stories and I always looked at, okay, if, if we do this, I go, how much stress is this going to put on me? and on her and on on this relationship. And I know my wife and I know there's certain things that you would not have done great with at 28. Yeah. At 27. But sometimes people think like, well, I've been working. First of all, you've been working for like six fucking years (laughs) and and no offense. The first three, it's a shit entry level job. And the next three, you're you're still making shit money. I'm sorry. If you're young enough to crush it, respect awesome that's Mm -hmm. a different thing but it takes a good decade to actually start making good money i feel like and so you think on average you think like oh i'm working i deserve this i'm like you deserve it you're 27 years old you worked for six years i go you don't deserve a a four thousand square foot house and and to drive four different cars like if you earned it you earned it if you don't you don't it's all percentages and that's what i'm getting at is just understand where you're at and and how far your money really goes and the last thing i'll say before we move on what when you're when you guys are talking together and this goes kind of within your goals what do you want your life to look like mm-hmm. and not 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 what kind of stuff do you want to have mm-hmm. that's the different like your freedom what do you want your life to look like in 10 years 20 years 30 years 40 years and maybe that will never happen but if those are two different ideologies you guys will have problems yeah which comes into number two write down specific goals so the first step to achieving in anything is to figure out precisely what it is you're after. What do you, you and your partner want? It could be like a vacation home, more wealth, being able to travel the world together. But you just have to make your goals specific, detailed, and with a finish line. And obviously, you've heard study after study. If you write down your goals, it does make it much more likely that you'll achieve them. And I feel like you will and you have to take immediate action you can think about it dream about it but you ultimately just have to get after it if you're going to ever achieve these financial goals so I know typically we will write down financial goals around the holidays or the like in the new year to start the new year together but for the most part I mean we look at it like monthly yeah, for the bigger stuff, if it's something where we're going to put like hard dates on it, like, hey, we're going to like for us, and this is the example we give because it's probably it's the biggest um, one we did in a short period of time, like, hey, we're going to pay off the house. And originally we're saying, hey, we're going to do it in 24 months. Um, I think the total was $184,000 or some shit. And whatever that ends up being, if that's like 6K a month or 7K a month. And um, like I always do, I get obsessed with things and I can't let it go. And uh, we end up doing it in 14 months, which is obviously substantially more. So I'm just like, I'm just going at it and at it and at it. But we had a a deadline. So worst case scenario, I pay it off by the deadline. But we had a plan. How do we get there? Okay, well, if this is the number and this is how much it takes. And if you guys have credit card debt, well, Jeremy, I have have $24,000 of credit card debt. I want to get rid of it in 12 months. Okay, well, it's $2,000 every single month. If the interest is compounding against you, you're going to have to make up the difference somewhere. Whether that's get a side hustle or cut back on some things or whatever you have to do, it's it's math. It, there's no feelings in it. And that's where I don't, you know, it's 
I'm sure it's tough for you guys if you're arguing with your husband or wife about money. I'm not saying that we never have, but it's math. It's yeah. not a it's not a feeling. Like mm-hmm. Heather can get emotional about it. I can be like, well, it's fucking bullshit because of the supply chain or the interest rates or whatever it is or the market's going down and Inflation. I can Inflation. Oh, that's a <laughs> <sighs> what a train wreck. How many times have <clears throat> we heard that like every day? Nonstop. But I can get emotional about it, but it doesn't change the outcome of the plan. It's just numbers. And same with you made a plan when we, so we leased the old gym warehouse for how many years? Eight years? Seven, Seven and, and a half, half years. And then made a budget to, you thought, you know, we both thought we'd have to rent another, a new building, but. Yeah. You already were saving so much in the business side for the future and we were able to then purchase this warehouse and have money to actually renovate it. So I mean there was a lot of planning and Yeah, it's a seven <laughs> specific a seven and a half action plan. <clears throat> seven and a half year plan, it was what it was. Well, mm-hmm. I was just like, Okay, and if you figure out the numbers, like for us, it's like people always ask all the time, Well, how much did this cost you? I'm like, Well, if, if I'm going to go like lease a space, I'm like, okay, I have to pay first and last month's rent. I'll have to do the build out. Maybe I'll get some TI improvement stuff. Maybe not. You know, what's the overall rent, cams, triple net, whatever you're paying. I look at it. I'm like, okay, well, I probably need $70,000, you know, just from that. So that's me chunking away at least 10 grand per year, every single year. And then how much equipment do I really want once I have a real space? Because I did this with minimal shit for a long time. And I wrote that in here, um, uh, one of the numbers, your spending habits. So yeah, you can talk about it. We just, we, in the first building, the first gym, we didn't have really any equipment. People brought their own dumbbells. Like when it first started. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you still didn't really have regular gym equipment. No, dude. I had two rowers. I had two assault bikes. I had four TRX. I had some uh, battle ropes, bands, Dynamax balls, Dynamax <laughs> balls, ab wheels, and some dumbbells. When I, and again, I'm not special and nobody, some mats. <laughs> and no, I'm not special and nobody cares, but I'm going to say this. Nobody fucking did it the way that it was done. Nobody has done that before and nobody will do it again. We just can't believe people kept paying and came and some of the members we still have to this day <laughs> from like 10 years ago a lot of them or 12 years 13 years 13 ago. years crazy there's and i'm not saying again i'm not special but there's not one person that you will listen to on a podcast or meet in person that ran a fucking gym in a place like arizona with no air conditioning for seven and a half years with minimal fucking equipment and crushed it that's it's never going to happen again ever Mm -hmm. and the fact that it happened is like a freak miracle thing (laughs) and the fact that i'm even here it's why i'm grateful every day i'm playing with house money i want the fact that like i come to work here even on the days where i'm like oh i'm tired i'm like it's it seems insane but i knew i'm in this window i made the best of this space i made it as fun as i could i did everything possible but I knew I had to get out of it. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have to save, you know, whenever the lease terms are up. And also, by the way, when you are leasing from someone or renting from someone, however you look at it, the base rent goes up every year. Yeah. And by the time we're about to bounce out of that place, I think the next lease re-up would be like seven G's a month. So it starts to really start to eat in. It's like, mm-hmm. well, seven grand, eight grand, 10 grand. 
I'm like, well, if I need 150K minimum, I better get my shit together. And what that does is that you as a team, like obviously Heather has to be on board with some of that, or at least I have to hide it all from her then and tell her I'm not making any money and just hide all this money. Because that 150,000 for most people, that's your down payment on your, you know, $800,000 house yeah. or whatever it is. And instead of doing that, I'm like, fuck it. Yeah. We're going to do this. But I knew if I can get to the point where I can own my own shit, now I'm in the driver's seat, not just for five Long years. Long term. Forever. forever. Because now you own it. You can lease. We can lease it out or we could sell it. We have all these options. And it's a big real estate investment, especially here where it's located in North Scottsdale. And it's like, it took me a, a, a while but I would say I'm pretty proud of myself in my 20s. I started to really understand and learn about business ownership, you know, from you. And then I started to take it upon myself to do more research and, and learn on my own and then un- start to understand, okay, if we make these sacrifices now and not like they were, I mean, grateful to even have it, this even option. But I, I started to understand, wow, if I'm really patient and I – if we live in an older home and, you know, I drive an older car and all these things like, and I just wait that we're going to have eventually so many more options and better options in the future than rushing it. It's just buying something like a, like a house that I wouldn't even want right now. If we, if I look back at what I was even thinking, (laughs) No, but because when you're younger, you're like, oh, this is super awesome. And then when you get older, the example I always give is like, if you were 16 and your parents offered you like, here's this new, you know, whatever, Range Rover, here's this new whatever. Or if they said, we'll give you 150,000 bucks to put in an account mm-hmm. as a 16 year old idiot, well, I want the car. Yeah. But if you just put that money and let it sit there, by mm-hmm. the time you're 26, you'd be like, shit. Yeah. Now I have $450,000 mm-hmm. and I'm older and smarter. This <clears> is fucking awesome. So it takes a de- level of delayed gratification, just like fitness does. This is very similar. And again, I'm not saying don't go buy a boat or a motorcycle. Like, do what you want to do. I go, but if you haven't bought any assets that are going to appreciate and pay you, and most importantly, give you options and make your life easier on the back end, I would look at those things first before buying the shiny objects because it's always more fun to buy the shiny fun stuff when it doesn't stress you out and it just becomes nothing. When you're doing it when you're young and you're stretching for it to look fancy or impress somebody, I think it's a huge cardinal mistake because then you're going to miss on the boat where now you can't buy the things that appreciate make your life easier. And like once I started reading, you know, Dave Ramsey, Rachel Cruz, Smart Money, Smart Kids, um, Baby Steps, Millionaires, we attended the conference, the Retired Inspired. I think I, I had to be late twenties. And that was so helpful to understand like long-term future goals. And if we're patient now and we follow these principles and really start to understand what does our dream life look like for us and how do we go about doing that? That's when it started, all the pieces started coming together for me. And I started to, to understand the process and understand being patient, (laughs) working hard and just eventually things will start to, to work out. <laughs> Agree. Uh, number three, create a plan. So we we're kind of already talking about that. But we 
have had a financial advisor for several years, really since you started the business. Yeah, since, uh, yeah, literally 2000 and even before, so 2008, I had a financial advisor. And then the first year I was in business by myself, which is 2010, is when I got a CPA. Because he was like, where did you do your taxes last year? I'm like, H&R Block. And I remember I gave them <laughs> to him. And he's like, yeah, they fucked up. Um, here's an extra like $800. I'm like, oh, sweet, dude. Um, but I do think if you can have like those two people in your corner and you can get them to communicate, because they're going to say two sometimes different things because they both, they do different roles and mm-hmm. something benefits. For us, it's Chris and Brian. Some of it benefits Chris if I do it this way. Some of it benefits yeah. Brian this way. And I'm not saying don't trust them because they're both trustworthy people. But if your financial advisor is always going to basically tell you to give them more money. Yeah. Because that's what they do. The more assets they manage, the more money they make. And sometimes that's the right choice and sometimes it's not. Um, and the same thing with your CPA. He'll do things where it's defer the taxes and blah, blah, blah. The point is, is that those are two people you should have in your corner. Your wife, or your husband, whoever else. And... You just create something of what you might want it to look like. And whether it ever maps out or not, who knows? But you have a general idea of like, okay, if this is what we want to do, mm-hmm. how much money is it going to be? How long is it going to take? It's not, again, there's no feelings involved here. Yeah. And if your husband and wife, you're talking about it and your, your, your husband's getting on you because he wants to do this, but you're telling him no, or the wife is or vice versa, you just literally lay out the math and then they can argue with the piece of paper. That's right. all there is. And it's just understanding if you're trying to figure out how to understand and create your financial plan, you just outline your budget and savings goals, but having those financial experts to meet with can help guide you. And step one is to just understand where you're starting from. So for example, ask, could you tell me your net worth? Do you know what your assets and liabilities and expenses are? Could you easily list on a piece of paper what investments you own, how much equity you have in your home, and on what and to whom do you owe money? If you can't come up with the answers, don't worry. Like a lot of people, um, it's normal. But that's a great starting point and to start building your plan for your future together. You, you, and all those things she listed, you should learn that stuff. Yes. <laughs> because a lot of you, hopefully you you get to you do what you love for a living. You get to go do fun shit and it's just great and you do most of it for free and you're like me. If you're not, you're trading your lifetime for money. You're going to your job for $122,000 a year and you're giving them the best hours and the most amount of energy in your life for that money. And then to take that money and have no idea where the hell it's going and just do random shit with it seems so, so <laughs> counterproductive to me. It seems like you're wasting like, your life. Like, why would you want to be clueless on, on that? Because to me, it's like, can I make my life, I don't want to say easier, but can I make it better as the years go on? Because I'm not naive to think like, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and what? I'm going to be internally 10 years younger and have way more energy and have, and maybe I will, who knows? But odds are, as you get older, you tend to get probably a little bit more tired and worn down and sick of dealing with bullshit. It's harder. <laughs> and if you have money, it gives you this option of, hey, we don't have to do it this way. And again, that's, I guess what I'm driving at is there is no one way you have to do this. There's a bunch of different ways you can do it based on your personality types and and what you guys want to do. And that's probably the biggest thing is just having a shared plan and and having a a team of people around you and just 
constantly just listening and learning and seeing what fits you best. Right. Number four, check your spending habits. So early on, we, you know, cut out things like credit cards. Um, I remember getting rid of my Nordstrom card. We just use one credit card that we have together now. And then you have like your business credit card. Um, And then we use like one Amazon account because I don't know. I know for me, it's so easy to online shop. So by I just will put together a list of items and email them to Jeremy and he uh, will order them on our one Amazon account because I know early on it, I could get into trouble just by spending way too much online because it's just like at your fingertips. So for years, I feel like I've been really good at not doing that. But if that is something that's triggering for you, <laughs> then my suggestion is to have one one account and have the more maybe responsible person <laughs> manage it. Um, well, with your spending habits, it's like you should give your money an assignment of where it's going to go every month and have a general idea of where things... Well, and it helps me prioritize. Do, what do I really need? What do I want what do I don't really need and then that way I can just like email you exactly instead of just like going on Amazon being like oh that looks I want that I need that and then all of a sudden it's like I spent way too much and bought things that I really are unnecessary so again it's like learning my own personality and but that takes a level of maturity Mm -hmm. that you have that a lot of people aren't willing to do like you, you're willing to do that and say like, Hey, I'm not great at this. Can you, you know, can you do it differently for me? And to think how many thousands of dollars that has saved I you know. over the years. And do you feel like you missed out on anything? No, but like, it's, I think I've saved so much money because when I think about it, I never just go on Amazon and just buy anything. I always am like, Hey, we're going to, I need this or like, can we buy this together? Yeah. Can you just put it on the Amazon account? And um, I, from time to time, I with Nordstrom Online or um, this other online Madewell or something like that, I can. I've gotten a lot better with clothes. I think really since I had to. I, the The biggest test was when we made the commitment to pay off our house, and that's where I really reined in my spending habits and just made just different priorities with how I spend money. So I feel like I've kept it up for the most part. Well, yeah. And you'll at least tell, cause like I, back in the day, you'd be like, I'd go on the, cause I reconcile all the bills at the end of the month and then I pay everything. And I'm going through the Amex. I'm like, what is, what, what the fucking, I always thought it was Madwell. Cause I would like, <laughs> would read it. I was like, what is this Madwell shit? And I would like ask Monica, I'm like, what is this? And she like, I back in the day and she's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And I have to call you. I'm like, what are you buying at Madwell? I'm like, what the? F-? But now when you say something like this, hey, I need to get like whatever boots for work or something yeah. at Nordstrom. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. But at least you'll communicate and say that. Yeah. And it's like, well, because also it's like, I know he's going to see it on there and I want him to see it on there. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to just like have all these purchases out of nowhere. And he, then then it's like he's frustrated and it and I've still, I need to get better at times, but like, that's the whole point of communicating and being on the same page and knowing where your money's going and 
helping your partner out if they're the one organizing the finances because I you're just better at organizing the finances and you hold on. you actually enjoy it though, <clears throat> part <hold> of it. <laughs> I'm not trying to interrupt you I'm just better at organizing you are because our garage bro I need to say this here uh, my huh. wife you're great you're better at me at like probably 90% of things like just in general I know. Um, no, it's true, but there's about 10% of things that you are... I hate organizing. I will... Our garage is so organized, and this shelf, the, it is perfect. That was your job. I have like, done it, I'm not doing it. I've done it, do it. I've done it multiple <laughs> times. Now, 90% of the stuff in our garage is Christmas, um, not, in, like, in like fall, autumn... Decor. How, holiday wreaths. And well, I don't have a lot of storage. So balls and bells. Somewhere. No, I'm not. I'm not talking shit about you yet. So, <laughs> I was reorganizing the stuff, and I'm looking in these bins, you guys. I consolidated probably half of it because Heather would just like she loves to decorate and make the house look perfect and great, and it's like a fucking Hallmark movie at my house. And I do love Christmas lights, and I would never do that, so I do appreciate it. Um, but then when she's done. The energy kind of wears out and she kind of just throws it like into these boxes. And I'm like, I know this is the, it looked like a seven-year-old did it. And I'm like, I go, who is this person who made my house look so perfect and so organized and then just said, fuck it. I'm done. It's crazy because like I will take so much time and effort and energy to decorate things I want to decorate and make it like the perfectionism thing. But then on the flip side, like after that, no, I don't want to deal with it. Like someone else pick up the mess or put it away. <laughs> it's weird because like you'll make the backyard look so perfect and you'll do these things that like I would never do. I know. I Or, oh, they didn't trim this oleander right. I'm like, I don't even I'm know I'm very what you're picky saying. with certain things, but yeah, just organizing. No. Like my closet, oh, the worst. So to your point, um, I do like the process of it. I hate how much time it takes, but yeah. I like the process and for you to do that and communicate it's way easier because I think if whether it's a husband or man or you know woman whatever it would bother the shit out of me if I just came home I saw 10 Amazon boxes there and all of a sudden there's 700 bucks of stuff just racked up and I'm like I didn't budget for this and again could we blow $700 sure who gives a fuck I go but if we have a goal to buy this or invest in this or go on like that $700 needs to have a destination because I didn't account for that. Mm -hmm. So now I'm off and people say, well, Jeremy, it's only, it's not just one time Mm -hmm. because if that behavior happens once, it's going to happen multiple times. Now that $700 turns into $17,000 and that's how people wander into debt because they don't have a plan. And don't get me wrong. Like we are not perfect at, you know, we do have arguments from time to time, but uh, or for us, we get frustrated with each other with money situations or spending. But um, oh, but a lot of it was more early on in our, our relationship. And we've really had to put in the work to get to where we are today. And it's oh, paid yeah. off, you know, because we really don't argue about money, which is so such a blessing. I love that. And I think also it's like once you understand in order, whatever that thing is, if it's an, a new home, the next house or the next car, the, you know, dream international trip, whatever you're saving for and whatever your goals are, 
it's like you have to understand like in order to get that you have to you have to put in the work and I and I know it's it's hard sometimes like you were saying um if you all of a sudden all these boxes Amazon boxes like showed up and you didn't your partners, the, the partners just spinning and spinning and spinning and never communicating and helping the other partner out who's like organizing it and managing, then like, then you really don't want it that bad because you're not, you're not helping them out to get to that result, you know? Well, and, and it's like, for me, like I had to understand that. Well, especially if it's your, like it's your dream. Like if it's both, if it's, yeah, yeah. if it's a shared dream or maybe it's more yours than mine or vice versa. And and this is early on. Like we, again, we're normal people. We would argue about money all the fucking time. And most of it was just because of, we didn't understand the other ideology. And I don't like to argue. And I'm pretty, Heather's way more violent than me, by the way. <laughs> I like, know a lot of people probably it ain't don't even, think that, but. <laughs> it ain't even close, bro. But like, do you know how much violence I had to go through to be this chill? So like when it gets turned up though, if I have to, like I'll become yeah. a different version of me that. It's not pleasant, but we would do stuff early on and she'd say, you know, Hey, I want to, here's my goal. I want to do whatever. And what, especially when we we're paying off the house probably, and this is, you know, back 20, this starts at the end of 2018, especially. And then we do it in 2020 and I'll never, I would never tell you like you can't buy shit. I don't, again, you're a grown no, adult. No, I know you never <laughs> say, and we both are. We never say, oh, you can't get that. Like, Because we're adults. Yeah. I, I can't tell you what to do. And we both work really hard for the. It's our money together. So it's like, let's figure out how we can get this for you. But if you say to me, hey, Jeremy, I want to buy this car next. And the car is, let's say, $50,000. And you say, I want to buy it by this time frame. And so you need to save $5,000 every single month for the next 10 months. Just I'm giving, I'm making up arbitrary shit here. But then if Heather goes out then and buys all this shit at Madewell or Nordstrom or whatever, I would say, hey, that's fine. I go, but that thing you wanted is now going to take 13 months mm-hmm. because you just spent $10,000. further and further away from your destination. So, And that's when you guys have to talk together and say, hey, if we're really trying to do this, we both have to be on the same page. And the money's got to come from somewhere. There's not a, as my dad would say, like, money doesn't grow on trees. Yeah. We don't I always have, heard that growing up too. We don't have a money tree. Uh, other ways that we would check our spending habits. So we've driven older cars, um, cars that we take like daily drivers that are low um, gas. They're not gas gu- guzzler. What's gas guzzler. Yeah. <laughs> guzzler. I couldn't say it. Your um, car is great on gas. I know. It's pretty great. My Honda's not bad. And then we... Don't go out to eat all the time. There's like seasons if we have like a lot of people visiting and... We don't, just yeah. us. Mm-hmm. We cook more at home, so that saves money. We look for sale items. Like if it's a bigger purchase, kind of wait and see if we could get it on sale. We don't go crazy on gifts for each other. It's just something that we... It's also our personalities. Like it's better for us Like if we can go on a really nice trip an experience and uh, even if it's like a adventure getaway or something like that we'd rather spend the money on like the hotel and the restaurant and the lodge you know the activities that we're doing in that um, trip so if we do yeah it's like if we took a catamaran tour or if we took an atv tour or 
if we go to like sports games, I mm-hmm. guess that's probably the money. Better seats. Like, and again, I would go out to dinner with you more. The problem is we have so many, like if I'm just saying like, so we went out last night with Jacob. Thank you, Jake. We went to El Choro. Yes, thank you, Jacob. Am- so good. Amazing. Um, and then we're going to go out with another friend the next week. And then obviously we're going to get Matt and Heidi in the schedule. We'll get Ben in the schedule. My point is, is we have so many social obligations that adds up to be quite a bit throughout mm-hmm. the year, plus vacations. And I don't want to be 300 pounds. Neither do I. And feel like a bag of shit. So I know. I just feel better when we eat at home. So I'm not against it if that's your thing. It's just for us, it's a huge money saver. Because shit, I don't know what the bill would have been last night. I know. Super high. But he's yeah. he used to work for me. Now he's young. He makes money. So that was his thing. He wanted th- to treat that us. That was his thank you really sweet. Uh, to us. Uh, what else? Like on the business side, that's what I was saying is like you didn't go you didn't go crazy on equipment. You didn't like decorate it and make it all renovated and nice the first place. So well, you waited. I didn't, first of all, I didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not, I don't spend money I don't have. That's just not who I am. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to ask somebody for a fucking loan. I'm not going to get an angel investor to do stuff. I'm going to just work my ass off and I'm going to figure it out. And I didn't have money up front. So I had to just do it kind of piecemeal it. So when I, you know, when the business had a couple extra thousand bucks, I'm like, okay, I can buy an assault bike. I can buy a rower. And also I didn't own the place. And for me, it it would be hard to sink real money into that because just for, for reference, you guys, the, the warehouse unit that the gym actually sits in is like 3000 square feet. And I'm lucky enough, shout out to my boy, Mike D who helped us build this bad boy out, but the shit ain't cheap. Mm-mm. And so I'm not going to put this build out at least is just this, not the equipment, just the stuff in here, at least 150,000 if it's a dollar between like the turf and the flooring and uh, the bathroom and the showers and every single thing. I wasn't going to put that into something I didn't own. So I had to just delay it and just keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And again, if I had had the money up front, cool, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's what I'm driving is like, oh, we just bought this house. We want to renovate it. If you don't have the money to do it, just wait, dude. And get some shit that you really want and just put it off for a little bit. And part of the, maybe it's just me and I'm, and I'm weird and I would live, you know, in a house with a, a couch and a mattress. Like I don't give a shit. Um, um, yeah. Something's, would be a problem. something's wrong with me. <laughs> I go, but, and right now we, I've told this on here before we took our bed frame off. Yeah. Our, our bedroom looks like a college dorm room. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Because our dog is so old. And she can't jump up anymore. Yeah. So we don't want her to like blow out her other knee or leg. So she can still sleep with us. And mm-hmm. so our mattress is actually on the floor like we're 10 it's years It's like old. on a box spring, but. <laughs> it's pretty low to the ground. Um, and so now that I twinge my back, it's hard for me to fucking get up out of bed. It sucks. Um, but my point is, is that. Do it for the dog. Oh, I know. And, but that's my point. I'm like, it's part of your journey. Like this is part of my story. Like I hate that the dog's old, but this is now us. Like we're just doing this in this chapter of our life. And if I equate that to some, maybe some of you guys who aren't where you want to be financially yet, if you're living in a place that's not, you know, it's the perfect fucking chip and Joanna Gaines kitchen and you don't have the, the best backyard, this is part of your origin story. Like I'm going to share something on Instagram and Heather doesn't know this, but I'll share it this week and she'll be able to see it, which is part of our origin story. And I think for you guys, like you well, just, now you're freaking me out. What you are just, you going to share? You just have, I take a bunch of pictures of you sleeping the other day. And I'm going to throw them out there. No. Um, it's just part of your story. Like my first condo that I lived in. Like her driving her her shitty Honda with the pop-up lights. Like all of those things are part. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 
if you just got a, you know, a Mercedes when you were 20 from your parents, there's no struggle there. And so every stage that you're at, the struggle stage, the in-between stage, the not having the stuff you want yet, just be there. And if you can work through that and you can save and you can invest and you can get to them, you'll appreciate it so much more because you did it in a way that you're proud of and you didn't, you know, try to leverage your life for it and you didn't, you know, you didn't you try to cheat it. the system. Yeah, yeah, the right way in my opinion. Um, they also suggest the author to draw awareness to how easy it is to spend and to help curb overspending, he suggests a week-long challenge. Just track your expenses for seven days, writing down every expenditure. Spend as you normally would and don't drastically change your habits out of fear of what you may find. And then after the seven days of diligent recording, analyze your list together. Start by sharing what you are going to start cutting out, not, not what you suggest your partner to cut out. So that could be really helpful. I like that. And your groceries, man. Track yeah. your groceries, bro. Num- I should heads up. Number five, set aside at least 10% of your income. That's a pretty good rule of thumb for people. Uh, whatever you, I mean, whatever you can do. Um, I'm not telling you guys how to invest. And if you don't, obviously, you know, we've had people on the podcast who put no money in the market um, and just do real estate. But some of those people are worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And so that's probably not you. Um, yeah. So maybe put your eggs in a couple different buckets and baskets, you know, in case something goes aside. But for most people, personally, if you can do 10 to 15%, I think that'd be great. And when I say set aside, whether it's, you know, if you follow like the baby step stuff, like have an emergency fund, but just into, if you have a 401k match at your work, at least do that, dude. Yeah. I've been doing that since day one with my company and it's been 15 years consistently contributing and they match up to 7%. So. Cause to me, that's free money. Mm-hmm. And if you want to say, Hey Jeremy, I want to get into, you know, real estate, you know, long-term short-term rentals, Airbnbs, whatever it is. I'm, I'm a fan of that dude. I think that's super cool. And if you want to take the rest of the money and, and save it for that, that's fine. But if you do have a match at your business, at least do that because otherwise you're just giving away money and that's stupid. But yeah, if you can set aside 10 to 15%, I would say that's minimum. If you want to go more, you can go more. If you're younger and you know, this is my advice always, we'll move on to the next one. Just live as cheap as you can, as long as you can, dude. I really, I'm going to say that because once you start for most people leveling up your lifestyle, and I see this as a huge mistake here people aren't willing to go backwards when things change yeah you might not always and if you're crushing right now hey jeremy i'm making four hundred fifty thousand dollars a year cool and if you live at that level what happens at the day where something goes wrong and maybe you go back to making 300k a year but you were living this five hundred thousand dollar lifestyle like that's what i mean and that's number six say for a rainy day so like an emergency fund they suggest three months worth of expenses, um, minimum, minimum of three months. Um, but you could go, you know, six months or a year. I would say if you're, you know, he said anything more than 24 months worth of expenses is overkill. What would you personally, if, if I was dead, what would you do? Like I wasn't around and we weren't these people. We had no money. How much would you save and feel good about? Uh, six months. I would say for most people, probably six is legit. And if you run a business, I would say the same thing. How, how long can you operate 
if the world went to shit, you know, and you had to, but again, my opinion now too, if you start to struggle, like you lose your job and you don't have these great, you can do almost anything and make money. If you, there's jobs yeah. out there, if you're willing to hustle and eat shit, like you can be okay. But I would say six months, if that, again, to me, whatever helps you sleep at night, dude, mm-hmm. three to me would be pretty lean. Yeah. That goes quick. I think so. Number seven, dare to dream. So dreaming is not just for kids. <laughs> so you can challenge your partner. Are you playing make-believe? To think big. <laughs> uh, what do the two of you want to do that is totally fun, totally crazy, totally outrageous? Do you want to travel around the world? It says go wine tasting in Tuscany. I've done that. <laughs> done it in Barcelona. Swim with the dolphins in Hawaii. Build your dream home and that dream kitchen. So you definitely deserve as an adult to dream. So don't ever stop dreaming, but you need to have that financial advantage to dreaming big. And many people don't bother to change their spending habits or start saving simply because their future doesn't seem compelling enough to motivate them. But nothing creates leverage and motivation like a dream, which I fully support. And I think we do. I'm such a dreamer, so it always motivates me. You, you <laughs> maybe ch- to a fall. You change your dreams a lot. I have a lot of dreams. sometimes in the one day. It might be five different lives you want to live, but that's kind of the fun. It's imagination. That's what keeps things fun. The only one I would add to that is like, for me, like, hey Jeremy, what's your dream? It's not stuff uh, per se. There, I mean, there's things like I would like, and but I can buy them. It's just they don't fit in my current life and lifestyle right now. So I don't buy them and I don't need them because it'd be a distraction versus like a blessing, I guess. Like what is the dream to really have the ultimate flexibility and freedom to do what you want, when you want and how you want to do it. To me, that's what I guess if we live in an economical world and this is the kind of the game we've all bought into, if money allows you to do that, I think that's pretty fucking cool. To me, that's cooler than a Corvette personally. Oh, I agree. And I, feel like that's what our number one reason is why we've been doing it the way we've been doing it selfishly that is like if i'm being completely honest here and i try to be all the time the number one reason like i work so hard is so i have the most amount of options possible and i have the most amount of control over what i get to do and say and where i can go because when I was a little kid, I had none of that. And so now I have all of it and it is fucking awesome. So that is a gift money has given me. The second thing is to be able to be generous as fuck to people. To do shit that no other people do. And this is not a like, you know, pat myself on the back. And it's not just like the adoptive families and stuff. But like even yesterday I'm here. And this is a little thing and I just shared this story because I love doing this. I'm here spraying down the turf, you know, like I'm fucking a maintenance worker like this shit that I do here for people. I mean, I am just, something's wrong with me, but I'm here on a Saturday afternoon spraying down the turf. The door is locked. These two people come in. They're on a trip from Louisiana. They just want to meet me for some weird reason, which is creepy and amazing as well. And I'm like, I see them outside. I'm like, they don't look like they're going to kill me. So fuck it. I'll let them in. And they come in. They're like, they're talking in their Southern accents. It's the nicest two people ever. I forget the names off the top of my head. I think his name was Chris. And we take a picture. We do all this stuff. I give them a bunch of t-shirts and stuff when they leave. And for them, they're like, oh my God, this has been so great. You're so nice. Even nicer than on the internet, all this shit. And then they walk away with a bunch of free stuff. Now, 
if I'm like stressed because I got three car payments, I got a monster house payment, I owe money here. I'm not giving away. I'm like, no. yep, the shirts are 40 bucks a piece. Yeah. Yeah. You can take a picture with me. Here's what it costs. Like all this, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but I get to do that all the time. And I get yeah. to give not only the, not only the material things that we buy here, I could give them 20, time. 25 minutes of my yes. time. And I would, I just had left, so I missed them. Otherwise I would have been here to meet them as well. And it's cool that they stopped in. But that to me, I never thought like that would be a thing I could do. I could just give away free stuff. First of all, who the fuck would want to wear stuff with my name on it anyway, which is crazy. But to give it to them, I'm like, okay. And we do that all the time to people. Yeah. Just like we send you guys free samples of athletic greens and all these other things. Yeah, we make money on the back end a lot of times, which, you know, we're not saints. I go, but I'm able to do it. And and I'm trying to help you be healthier and do things for you if I can. And that's what money has done for us. And that's part of, I guess, my dream and why. Our dream basket. Yes. Yeah, prioritizing experiences over things, definitely for us. International dream trips that we've taken and future ones. I put um, memories with friends and family. So being able to always be able to fly out to see our friends or family for different trips. Um, I put adventure getaways for us. And then obviously like a new home without a mortgage would be a dream. A new new car pay in cash, um, home renovations. Those are just examples, but giving back to people in need is something that we also always is a part of our dream. And we continue to set money aside to be able to do that for people in need every year. And then scholarship people to come here who can't really afford to be here, but we let them in the community because we know it's going to help their life at a level that if they're not here, something bad will happen. And I can only do that because of how we set this up. Yeah. And just being able to provide experiences for our close friends and family and being able to like host them and pay for more than we ever oh, bro. could have done back in the day is like a really great feeling. If you come here and you are like in our circle, I want to know, and I'm not trying to make us sound great, but we do do this well. Well, we are pretty great. Your experience, your experience is, is fucking awesome. You're gonna you, your dad. There's the tour guide. Your dad came here and had the dopest trip of all time. He doesn't even know what's going on. We're taking him to the dopest places. He's sitting front row at Division One college football games. He's like just living the life. He's getting to these golf courses. He's doing all these things that would never have if we cooked were, for him. Oh my expensive. Uh, oh my god. He's eating like gourmet meat, grass fed <laughs> fucking ribeyes, all this shit. I'm like, but we do this for our friends. We're like, happy to do it, and we do this for people. He obviously kept me alive. Yes, but I'm like I'm. I to me I get more out of that than here. Again, I'm not a fashion person. Obviously, here's my everything I'm wearing right now is 100 for free. I need to describe my outfit really quick, and then we'll go. My soda clothing hat, which was free. Here we go. It's all his free. My soda clothing T-shirt, which is free. He's pretty proud. He didn't have to buy anything. Be Jigadours. Hoodie and pants, if you guys want them, I have the discount code. Both free. My Reebok underwear. And these Velo shoes with the JSF logo they sent me for free. Wow. 100%. Saving that money. See? Trying to get you your dream. (laughs) But what the article suggests is just as you set up your retirement basket to contribute to that, you know, fixed percentage of your income for your retirement basket. And then now you can set another one up, a dream basket, and fund it by committing to pay 
yourself an additional fixed percentage of your income that will go into the dream fund. So we've done that. Like we have one of our, in our checking account, we have one, one area titled like travel and. There's like, like, we have like how we do it is there's, you know, like a, if the world goes black, like an emergency fund, essentially, like a bills account. But for a long time, we named it travel. And that was for all of our like international trips that we took. And now I'm dying to go on another one. Now you have like a house one. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, once you have your shit together, don't, not before. And so don't take this as, well, Jeremy said I should do this. Don't take advice from a fitness dude. Uh, but once you have your shit together. Take the trips, yeah. like, I, I delay the cars, man. Um, unless you're like 100%. a unless you're a car person and that's your thing and you love and it, you like you do experiences with it or yeah. something. Um, delay delay the the monster house, buy a property, own it, you know, so you have fixed rent or if you own it outright, whatever. So you're not paying you know rent all the time. If you want a house and, and that's going to make you happy, but don't buy the nicest cars, don't buy the all the boats, and don't buy the biggest fucking house you can possibly afford, what they tell you can afford, what you really can't afford, which is a whole other conversation. But just take the trips, dude, because you might never be old and something might happen and things might change and you might never get to see those places. And you still can, you know, upgrade your house. And if it takes you a couple of extra years, I think that's going to be fine. If you drive a shittier car and then when you're older, you can drive a nicer car, but bro, you've been to the Coliseum. Yeah. Like you've been in Rome. You've seen the world. There's so much to see. And oh gosh, there's so many places I still want to go. But it's such a learning and eye-opening experience. It's not just like, oh, I get to take this trip. It's so much more than a trip. It's like this powerful, uh, it's, it's like this powerful experience that I just feel you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about the world. Like there's so many positive benefits from doing it and i think if it's easier to do it too when you're younger and you're willing to kind of put up with more shit when yeah. you travel because as you get older my patience is that's gonna start to wear thin. you down son number eight pay your mortgage off early so that's what he suggests a uh, 30-year mortgage are obviously the most popular um, he does not suggest a 30-year like most financial experts they um, at least cut it cutting it down to a 15-year um but he recommends reviewing your last mortgage payment and adding 10% to that number. That's how much you're going to send the bank next month and every month thereafter. If you keep this up, you'll wind up paying off your 30-year mortgage in about 22 years. In short, this is a simple idea that can easily save you tens of not hundreds of thousands of dollars in interest over that lifetime of your mortgage. You want me to give my two cents? Sure. <clears throat> you know... Obviously, like, it comes down to what works best for you and your personality type and your goals. There's some people out there, uh, money guys, that will say, never own, never own a home, never own anything. It's completely stupid. You should just rent and be able to, to lease and move around and be fluid. Some of those guys that are saying that, are, they're like, when I don't own a home, I don't own anything. They're saying it because they're renting a unit in a fucking building that they own, and they're just wanting money from you. Um, so when you hear messages, just take it with a grain of salt. And this is me, a guy who does not have a mortgage and has not had one for almost three years uh, to the day. 
it just makes me be clear in my mind and in my thoughts and, and what I'm going to do. And it's just a, a, a thing I could check off the list. If I had one, would it kill my life? No. Um, and so if you have one, I'm not against it. If you take out a 30, and again, they say a 15, because obviously it's less money over time. I understand with interest rates as of today of February 19th, 2023, interest rates are fucking insane compared to what we are used to, even though historically they're not insane, but the prices still are. If the third, if you're a person who, and you know yourself, can you do this? If you take a 30 because the payment is less and you're more comfortable there and it gives you the flexibility, super cool, dude. And you know, you're diligent enough and you want to pay it off early. That's fine. Um, if nothing else, even if you'd never do that, it's just a fixed number. So you have a fixed rent cost instead of like having the landlord jack up your rent over and over and over again. I guess the biggest thing is if you do run the numbers and you're a person who looks at like the amortization sheet of what you would really pay, it is going to be substantially more than the price that you guaranteed to um, on day number one. And the biggest thing too, if you like living there, cool. And, and, you, and you feel comfortable with the payment, awesome. I just don't think your house payment should eat up a huge amount of your paycheck and you shouldn't feel like you're, to me, it always baffled me of where you're going to a job you don't like to pay for a house that you can't be in because you got to be at this job. And then you come home and you're so tired and pissed off. You just sit in this box that you bought and it's costing you so much stress and it's causing you to do a job and do things you wouldn't do if you didn't have it. So now it's like, do you own the house or does the house own you? Mm-hmm. And so for us, it's just a freedom of we're driving to dinner last night. And Heather's like, I just love like living around here because it's so nice. And it is super nice. We're super blessed to live here. We're lucky. Well, we are driving through Paradise Valley. Valley. Yeah. <laughs> house we don't like, live in Paradise Valley. The house is like $10 million. Um, we ain't doing But that. it was like beautiful weather. It was like 75 degrees out. And I'm like, wow, I just feel so blessed. Like, And we live in such a great location that we're just close to everything, like all the resorts and and there's a price you pay mm-hmm. to live there. I go, but, and then I said, we're driving. I'm like, well, it's a price they pay to live here. Mm-hmm. Except I go, and you live five minutes away and you pay nothing. Yeah. You know? And I go, for me, I'm, yeah, that works better for us. It helps me sleep at night mm-hmm. way better. Number nine, tackle any lingering debt. So again, going back to make sure you're really honest and don't hide anything from your partner and... Credit card debt can destroy marriage is what this article is pointing out. It can destroy your financial life. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you know, if even if you're in love, but you constantly have this issue and you're in a lot of debt, this could definitely ruin the relationship would fall apart. So make sure you tackle that. And what would be your advice of like where to start? Um, I know that on the baby steps don't they what is the can you pull up what is the average credit card interest rate i don't even know knock on wood oh unless like i did something stupid there's no way it would happen i've never paid a percent of fucking interest on a credit card ever and i'm 19.07 do you guys understand what that is when you, when you're out there talking about oh the interest rates on mortgages what are those right now six percent or this one says Forbes average credit card interest rates twenty three point seven percent. Okay, twenty. Let's say twenty three percent. What is the average um, mortgage rate, interest rate right now? Probably six. People are like, oh, the mortgage rates are so high. They're six percent is the average. You're 
paying 23% on a credit card. Do you know what that means? The juice is running at 23% every single month compounding against you as opposed to for you. So when you think about like, oh, the mortgage rates are high, they're at six. In comparison, your credit card interest rate is four times that. That's insanity to me. Yeah. How, is that what is six? Oh, I was Googling the seven baby steps. Um, the, theirs is basically pay your debts off smallest to biggest. Well, yeah, do. like number two is the debt snowball. And you would start by paying off the cars, the credit cards, and your student loans And they before your mortgage, obviously. Yeah, they do. Again, I'm not against like, again, we're <clears> people <throat> who are debt-free people. If you have a mortgage for your whole life, that's fine with me. Like, if you're comfortable with it, it's not a huge deal. It's the cost of living your life, I guess. Um, it's probably easier without it, but that's not a big deal to me. And it's an asset that is historically going to appreciate in value. So it's going to go up the longer you live there. And you can always sell it, take the money, downsize, and still live your life. You're not going to, you can't sell your credit card debt. You can't sell your old beat up fucking, you know, BMW, like those things just end up being trash and they're just expenses. The average mortgage rate or the current average rate for 30 year fixed mortgage is 6.79. So damn near seven. So if you're looking at buying a house or something, right? And you're like, well, you know, it's 7%. That seems like a lot. I don't want to pay 7% back to the bank for something that appreciates in value. So you don't want to pay 7%, you know, basically your mafia fee to to the bank to, to own your house, that's going to be worth more in 10 years. But yet you're willing to let 20 plus percent ride on a credit card month after month after month, that shit will bury you. I know they typically say like in the whole debt snowball stuff is pay your debts off smallest to biggest because it creates momentum and you chop off one, then you chop off the other. I think that method's fine. If you have credit cards, the one where the most juice is running Get rid of that shit first. Mm-hmm. Really do. You can pay the minimums on like your other stuff, but the biggest person, because again, <clears throat> excuse me, those percentages work against you, you guys. So now like if you have, let's say $10,000 of credit card debt, they're charging you 23% on top of that. So that number is getting bigger and you want it to get smaller. So every month you're giving them way more money than what it's like buying a candy bar for a dollar, but you end up paying $7 for the candy bar. How, what a stupid choice that is. Because all you're doing when you guys swipe a credit card is you're saying, I'm going to pay this with my future self. But if that future money doesn't come and you blew it on something else, it just, it, again, I'm not against like, you know, if people want to smoke cigarettes and use credit cards and like that stuff's all fine. But you have to be willing to live with the consequences. And it really does bury people. I, I see it, it just... The amount of panic and what it does to people's lives and how desperate they get, we're not going to share the story from last night, but we have Mm -hmm. somebody we know mutually who is in a hole and I don't know if they can get out of it, you know, because of the amount of debt that is compounding against them in interest. And so I would pay off the biggest numbers first in terms of interest rates and then just start chopping away at those things. The things that are not going up in value get rid of those things. And again, I have to say this and we're almost done here. You can, I understand leverage and you can leverage for certain things that make sense. I'm not against that at all. Like if, 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 if Heather came to me and said, Hey, can we take a hundred thousand bucks, buy this, you know, 
rental property that is going to cash flow this. Here's the monthly payment. Here's the monthly cash flow. You set it up like a business. You are taking this money to make more money. And if you're okay with the risk that is involved with that and you can sleep at night with that money out there, I don't have a problem with that. I yeah. think that's that's how most of our friends who are rich as fuck, that's all they do all yeah. day. And they have mastered the game and they're okay with taking, hey, we lost you know three million bucks this year. Like they can stomach those losses. Most normal people can't. But th- that is a business and those are things that appreciate. If you're doing it for bags and shoes and dinners and cars, I think you're making a, a critical error and you're going to find yourself just like people find themselves 50 to 100 pounds overweight, you find yourself 50 to 100 pounds in debt. So if you use things like credit, you can do it in a way where you can build massive amounts of wealth if you do it slow and steady and you understand the business of it. But for most people, you're doing it blindly. And these companies, I'm not going to say the names of them, you you know all the credit card companies out there, they don't build massive buildings and they don't run commercials every fucking day on every single channel by being stupid. They give you it because they know, statistically speaking, they are going to win and you are going to lose. They are the casinos. They don't build those huge places in Vegas off of winners. Mm-hmm. They're all built off of losers. Good Sorry. example. Sorry. <laughs> Number 10, the last one is save for kids. So kids are... Or pregnant. if you don't have any kids, you just be rich as hell. You don't got to save for nothing. But this is helpful uh, if you're planning to have kids. Can you read the first three words? Kids are pricey. Okay. The USDA says the average cost to raise one is about 245 k and that does not include college expenses. So to get an idea of what might need to cover, um, the best ways to prepare for this is setting aside money as early as possible. As soon as your kid is born, open a five to nine savings plan, a state-sponsored tax advantage investment account to cover the costs of college. These plans allow parents to contribute up to 14000 per year, 28000 for a couple for each of their children's college educations. It allows anyone, a grandparent, godparent, or a generous neighbor to contribute to the fun. Well, that'd be a really nice generous neighbor. <laughs> hey, Larry. <laughs> Want to kick in a couple bucks for my shithead kid here? Thanks. Uh, I just, I mean, it all sounds good. Uh, I don't have a kid, so I can't imagine. I just, I work across from Monica, who has three kids, and she tells me about her kids' sports. And how much it oh, costs, and it makes me want to puke. Yeah. Um, every time I hear it, I'm like, "What?" They go, "The kid's nine. Like, and her kids are actually like super athletic, so I get it. And it's a good. Again, I love sports; it's changed my life. But I'm like, "Fuck, dude." It's so expensive. It's crazy. Yeah. And what I'll say, like, I wonder. This is a whole different conversation. The college thing. That's got to stop. Like, it's gonna change. Because the there's no normal person. No normal. I don't see how you could ever get ahead. You're gonna pay for a normal school fifty like a state school fifty thousand dollars a year. So your kid's gonna go get a degree in what is your degree? In? Business. Business hospitality business management. Okay, awesome. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about that today too, like how nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Like where you went to school or what your degree's in. Yeah. Um, do you ever remember if if you even got asked to show your degree? No. Did they ask for your transcripts? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, I think so. But, like, my... but you've been like, like promoted multiple times like since then. Oh, yeah. They would never look at that. You see what I'm saying, though? But I think my very first like manager training development, 
my first job with the company yeah do you know everyone who's ever worked here because i was like coming out of college but like i wonder now if you go somewhere else if they'd even like request it or if you just put it on their resume and they're like it's cool because everybody who's ever worked here i don't know Mm -hmm. did monica really graduate from asu she did you know what i mean like does brian really go to montclair state like i don't know like i don't give a shit (laughs) i guess not to get off topic but it just seems like that a number is so high where i hope it changes because people just stop going and there's a change that whether it's trade schools or learning an actual fucking skill that helps people because this stuff is criminal and for a normal and i say normal person like where i grew up like even to this day if it was my life started all over like my dad or my mom how are they gonna save I know. 200, and they had two, so I have a sister too. So if it was my sister and I, they're going to save 400 grand over the course of 18 years, making $66,000 a year and $72,000 a year. It's fucking impossible. Even when we were in college, like my parents, three, three daughters, college and weddings and, you know. And how cheap was it back then compared to this? Mm -hmm. It's just something's got to give, man. And so yeah. I feel bad for you. Like, I guess what I'm saying is there's a mul- there's a bunch of routes you can go. And so I'm not giving you parenting advice because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But for me, just have a make sure there's like a path. If you're if you're listening and like you're you know your kid knows like what they want to do because sometimes school the process of learning is important and that will never change and you always have to do that. But just going to go. Oh, for the life experience. Yeah, dude, you can get shit-faced and have sex with a bunch of people all the time. Like, you don't have to pay 50000 bucks a year to do that. You just don't. There's more of the college experience than that, but... It's a big part of it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Football I'd... games. Yeah. <laughs> and here we go. So, anyways, sorry. It's um, off topic. Yeah, no. Well, in closing, you know, money should be a blessing, not a burden in your life. And if you have a plan in place with your partner that makes sense for you and allows you to have less financial stress and more joy to experience life and do things that you love and help others along the way, that's really what we're trying to um, get across today and hopefully found that helpful. There's a lot of great nuggets and reminders in here too. So I'm glad we, we did this one. And just to piggyback off this before you go, the blessing, not a burden thing. That's how I think of all the material things that you guys are going to buy as a couple or even as an individual, like you should be happy about it. And it shouldn't stress you out. At least that's the way that I feel about it. So if you're going to do something, if it's a a renovation at your house, or you're going to put a pool in, or you're going to buy a car, or you're going to take a trip, or whatever it is, that shouldn't cause arguments. That shouldn't cause fights. And we have to just step back and have perspective, most of us, how fucking lucky we are to be having the conversations we're having and maybe talking the way that we're talking here today. Like, hey, we're going to redo our kitchen. You know how, like, what percentage of of the 8 billion people on the planet, how lucky you are to be having that conversation with your husband or wife? We're going to redo our kitchen. We're just going to make it look different because we want to and we have the fucking money to. That is a blessing. There is no way that should cause an argument or a fight or anything. That is something that you do not have to do. And You're it did, choosing to do it. And it did not have to happen. And so 
regardless if things go wrong or it gets delayed, that is still a positive, awesome thing in your life. It's the same thing with trips and vehicles and everything else. And if you're doing things and they're stressing you out, ask yourself, why am I doing this with my money? Am I doing it to look a certain way to other people? Am I trying to impress my family? Am I trying to keep up with the Joneses? Do I have to, you know, look fancy for the mom's group, whatever the fuck the thing is? Or am I trying to flex on people because I'm, I'm trying to make up for something because something else is missing in my life? These are just real honest conversations you have to have. Or like, are you afraid to spend money because you fear like you're going to be broke one day? Or do you feel like everything's going to go wrong? Or it's okay to address that and audit those things and just know your personality type and who you are and why you're doing the things the way you're doing. And you can't compare. That's the last thing I'll leave you with. Heather touched on it briefly here and that we could go down that rabbit hole for two more hours. But when you're looking at your friends or your family even and other people in your circles, we didn't all start off at the same place. We didn't. Regardless of what you believe or want to believe or what people do or don't tell you, it's not the same for everybody. Timelines aren't the same. Goals aren't the same. Careers careers aren't the same. Some of your friends might have got a million bucks to start their life. They might have never had to pay for college. They never had to pay for cars. Never, you know. They still use their parents' credit cards. Like there's things that it's not fair to compare across the board. And you don't know what they want their life to look like in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and they don't know what yours wants to look like. So you have to kind of keep that in mind because I know people get really caught up in that. Well, all of my friends drive nicer cars than me. All of my friends are taking trips. All of my friends have nicer homes. And you're saying that because I sometimes will say all of my friends. Heather will sometimes (laughs) say things and it's just not, but again, what you're doing is you're minimizing your dream and your life and what you've accomplished and what you're doing and what you want to do, but also elevating everybody else and creating a narrative that it isn't true because it's not all your friends. No, it's not everybody. And you're not having the same experiences as them or arguments or fights or, you know, all the things. So you just bowl in your own lane Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Let money be a blessing in your life. Don't let it be a curse. Be fancy when you can be fancy if that's who you are and you want to be. Live as cheap as you can as long as you can. And just make your money work for you. And have fun. Enjoy it. That's what it's... You go to work. Again, last thing and we'll go. You remember when you were a kid? Like, and you got money for your birthday? Like, what would you go buy? Um, Like, where would you go? I'd never save it. I'd immediately go spend it. (laughs) Here's what I have to deal with, everybody. Here. but like My older sister would always save it. I mean, she would have like... Like a thousand dollars because it'd be like years of like stacking and, chips. And I'm yeah. like, nope. What can I go buy at the mall today? And like, where would you go though? Nordstrom? Uh, that was like when I was older. Like when you're like 10, 11, where would you go? I mean, probably like Claire's, you know, like. Oh, yeah. Or. Um, Get some diamond stud earrings. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, cause I like, where would you go? Um, well for my birthday, I would only get gifts twice a year. It's like on my birthday, I would get like stuff usually. So when I was young, I'd get like a TV, right? Like when I was 10, I got a TV in my own room and I'm like, fuck yeah, baller. And then I got a CD player after that. I'm like, this is gangster. Remember Spencer's? I, I Hold like on, to go into Spencer's. Oh my God. So <laughs> when it, so about my Christmas, my dad would like save money the whole year and my mom would, would do too. 
But I remember my dad would like, I don't know, like I'm trying to think like when I'm fucking 12, my dad would give us like $300, 300 bucks. Yeah. And my dad didn't make a lot of money, obviously. Yeah. So, and so we get, it used to be checks and then, well, he always would just give a check. We used to be in a Christmas card, then just an envelope. And then it was just a check because he stopped doing all that shit. And then there was no Christmas tree at our house. Whole different story. But he gave me 300 bucks. I'm like, I'm fucking rich. And so I would probably save like a hundred of it for sure. And I would go to the mall, Valley View Mall, bro. And I would walk into Pro Image and they had so many hats. Baseball. Oh, yeah. oh my God. I loved Foot Locker too. Oh, dude. I would get the freshest baseball hats because I already had like hoop shoes from basketball. But I would go into Spencer's Gifts. And man, I would get black lights, mm-hmm. Tupac black light posters. I had a fucking disco ball. I had one of those balls that spin with all the yeah. colors. Lava and, lamp. Yeah. Oh, because I'm like, you know what? And this is, I'm a predator. I was like 12 and I'm like. Poster. I'm going to get chicks in here. And I'm going to, well, I had like a Jenny McCarthy poster and Pamela Anderson and those little hornball. Oh you know, but I was like, but I was like, I'm going to get black lights in here. <laughs> and like, I'm going to bring some chicks over here. And I'm the like. The black lights. 13. With the yeah. stars on the ceiling. Yep. And I'm like, this is going to be some pimp shit. Wow. And I'm going to hook up. That's where I spent my but That again, was your romantic setting. Yeah. One, I loved a lot of baseball, basketball cards. Yeah. Baseball cards. But my point is, is and like CDs. Mm-hmm. Every Tuesday back in the day, if you guys were an old head like me, all the new CDs would come out. Yeah. So it's like, uh, it doesn't matter what it was. Like Naughty by Nature would come out like back when we were young. TLC was hot. So like that would come out. All the No Limit stuff. All the Tupac, Biggie. But point was, it's like I used that money and I only bought fun shit. Like stuff that I really thought was cool and was fun. And I loved it. And I would wear like, this is the sickest hat ever. And I would just wear the shit out of it. Or like, look at this awesome Tupac poster. And it would just sit there and I would stare at it. It's literally the same shit yeah. I do today. But I share that because that person is still inside of you. Mm-hmm. There's still things you can buy, these little things that make your life great. And we tend not to do that. And we look at other things. And I'm not saying what? Just that story that the other day that I told you. So ours was Vancouver Mall. And my niece now is at that age where she oh, got God. money. It's exciting to go you know, shopping and at the mall and she was like begging my older sister she's never been to olive garden and heidi's like i do not want to go to olive garden but why is she doing that because her friends were talking about it because young kids think olive garden is awesome i know and so she's like i really want to go and like growing up we'd always go to vancouver mall go shopping and go to olive garden because it's like right next door and that's like where we would go to prom or like and heidi's like oh my gosh could not like get her out of the mall and mom was like having a blast it was like going back in time like so nostalgic and she like thought that olive garden was so good like the soup and the salad and your sister's like it ain't that good bro it's so cute but like that's what you those and loved American Eagle. How to go into American Eagle, which we would always do American Eagle, Abercrombie, oh, Hollister. Yeah. It's like all all coming back, like the cycle. But it was like fun to do. Mm-hmm. So you guys can use your money to do fun things. I'm not saying go spend at American Eagle. It seems crazy. Um, but do fun stuff. Yeah. Um, that's it. Thank you, Heather. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, as always, you guys, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you got a couple of seconds, please drop it a five star. Leave a comment. I truly would appreciate it. We got Google reviews in the show notes too. If you want to give us a five star there, that would help our business out tremendously. If you're on Spotify, drop it a five star. We appreciate you guys. As always, if you want free samples of Athletic Greens, uh, the Beam Dream product, 
Anything else, Kettle and Fire, Dry Farms Wine, uh, the clothes I'm wearing from Sleeve Sold Separately. We have discount codes and all of that in the show notes to help you guys out. My goal is to be back on the podcast. If I'm not here Friday, I'm gonna, my goal is to be here on the 26th with my man Troy Casey, and that thing is going to just – that podcast is going to rip your face off in a really amazing way. So I'm hopefully going to get on before that, but worst case, I'm on here next Sunday with you guys talking shit. Um, and until then, if you need something, free samples, just ask. The Jeremy Scott Fitness app is obviously live. The 40 Days of Fitness is going to be starting here in a couple of days. Hope to see a lot of you guys in there. And until next time, eat well, train hard, be nice people, and please, you guys, keep doing shit you love with people you enjoy because your life is too short not to. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.